I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and I've been in two plays called Luther and Nobody Loves an Albatross, and I've also done a lot of television plays and commercials. <laughs> and I'm Colin Drucker, and I'm just plain old Lipton's tea. You drink it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> You drink it. You drink it. There's nothing in there. It's plain old Lipton's tea. That's yeah. yeah. Oh, well, what do you say? What do you? Should we get this podcast started? What do you say? Do you say? Um, that was uh, a big uh, light bulb for me and my best supporting actress sort of because I I know some I'm, I'd have to say eighty percent of the uh, the quotes you put at the beginning of our theme song, which everyone I mean. Colin put that together himself. And oh. it's, it's a work of art. Oh. It is so great <laughs> and just you. like streamlined. And uh, and that was one of the quotes. And I mm-hmm. didn't know. I was like, oh, Ruth Gordon. There right, we go. Right? Yeah. And, and I feel like, you know, that moment, I mean, oh, there's just so many moments in this movie. Like when we talk about, you know, when did she win it? What's the Oscar moment? But sure. I feel like that little quote is a great sampling of what Ruth Gordon is doing in this movie. There's just yes. these, the, the terrain that she is crossing through every line is so unpredictable mm-hmm. and so jagged and so interesting. Like, yes, it's the, the, the topography of her performance is an, uh, an un, almost unchartable piece of <laughs> land, is. but she yeah. does it. <laughs> it's like you said, it's nonchalant. It's, it's predictable. It's unpredictable. It's very lived in this character, this woman. It's like everyone knows who this woman is. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like there's this, there's this element of her that is both totally recognizable and real. And I don't want to say relatable. I mean, in some ways myself, but just kind of in other women I've interacted with in my life. And then there's other ways in which she is just this like, john waters character she's just this you know like just this campy like what planet are you from yeah and that mainly i feel is um elevated or just really made known through her uh clothing like everything that she wears it's just like fashion with a capital f i love it but like that sort of john waters type of era almost not era but like um you know style stylistically yeah yeah yeah, and I, especially the seventies, it's great. Right. I mean, I think that yeah, the even like the first time we see her, uh, you know, coming up the street with, um, oh god, I always forget his name, uh, with the husband, uh, Roman, 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 of course. Yeah. Uh, it, like just that first shot of her in the the bright floral print and the hat and the glasses, 
it's yes. you know right away. I mean, like a, the gay whistle tone is going off right away. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't hear it there, it's it's the way that she holds her glasses up when she looks at Rosemary. Yeah, that first time when she does the moment she does that, I'm like, oh, okay, I know why you won. Like, yeah, you know, I um. I was waiting for her to arrive. I wasn't sure. I thought the first, because um, I know that famous shot of her in the peephole. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds like the name of an in the details episode, like uh, Ruth Gordon th- through the peephole. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Ruth Gordon on the, the other side of the. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I I thought that was her first entrance. What I thought, which I think would have been so great, but also like the, with the way that the story unfolded, you kind of that's just how we met her. But yeah, it gives you a moment to like. It's far enough down the sidewalk where you get to kind of digest it and like uh, formulate your own thoughts about who this person is. And mm-hmm. like you said, the whistle tones are starting. Right, right, yeah. right away. Um, yeah. Now, I mean, there's there's so much to queen out about with this performance, but I, you know, and, and we've got to talk about the other nominees and, and whatnot. Yes. But I first, I, I'm so curious because you are not a big fan of horror movies and scary movies. Yes. And so, and this, I think, you know, we had talked about like there's no jump scares, there's no blood and guts, there's no gore. Um, I am just dying to know your feelings on Rosemary's Baby as a movie on a whole. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a loaded question. I I just finished watching it. I I think I I split it into two parts. Yesterday I watched an hour, and then I watched the last hour and fifteen minutes today. Um, this is this is my type of horror movie. Um, this sort of um psychological horror i think mm-hmm. is is a sort is something that i can do like you said i i don't like the jump scares i just can't do it uh and yeah. even in this like um a lot of those sort of jump scares are just it's like it shows that you don't need it in a way too and it's just a different style of horror i i think that um jump scare horror is fine and i respect that as well because I, I know a lot of people respond to it and really love it but um I think like almost everything in like the sixties and seventies as far as horror I could probably do. Um like I, I don't mind an exorcist. I don't mind um, you know, a Rosemary's baby. I'm trying to think of another movie that's similar to that. It's like I, I really do want to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Colin. I really oh. do. I really do. Uh, Nick, yeah, but I, I just it's a tough one. It's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. I think I would be damaged. Yeah. <laughs> after even if you even if you try Ooh. to watch it from the lens of just watching like an amazing female performance yeah. in a horror movie, it's still too much because what she goes through is just so like psychologically exhausting and traumatizing yeah. that it's just like I appreciate what you're doing, but I'm having a hard time watching you do it, you know? Yeah, and that, and that's just me. I've always been kind of a scaredy cat. I do enjoy, like, I, I used to watch horror. I used to be obsessed with the Scream movies. Oh, yeah. Um, like, I was all about them, and they terrified me, but I still watched it. I was, like, in it, in it to win it. And yeah. those are, like, such a celebration of the jump scare. I mean... Yeah, it honestly is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I You know, I remember... I re- Scream is an interesting movie to revisit. I feel like I haven't seen it in a few years, but I wonder like now how much it works. Cause I remember when I, the first time I saw it, it worked like it worked yeah. so well. And obviously it's a, you know, sort of a classic of the genre and that it just like changed the game and it changed the narrative and it sparked such yeah. a resurgence in horror. But I'm just, I'm curious if there's elements like the performances, like how, is Nev Campbell giving a good performance? I don't remember. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
Oof, it's tough. I think she is. I think there are moments where, and I, th- I, in addition to all the other things we're kind of talking about, uh, all those other parts that make it work, she's one of the the parts that does really add to that. I mm-hmm. think because if you have a lead, you do care for her. She's just next door, like girl next door enough, but she also has a little bit of an edge to her. I think she's a really talented actress in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really got into Party of Five, but um, same. She in Party of Five? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I was too young. Um, I agree. I think I was just like a little too young. Like I just yeah. missed it. Yeah. 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 Um, I was just thinking of like an other like scary or suspenseful, uh, suspenseful movies. I think you would like, have you seen um, Alfred Hitchcock's rear window? No, but oh. I feel like I would be able to do a lot of his movies. I've seen psycho um, and that didn't scare me at all. Really? It, okay. It yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Rear- Rear window. Rear window is great. Oh, it's so good. It's um, yeah. I highly recommend it. I think it's suspenseful. Uh, it's it's got a similar Ruth Gordon like actress named Thelma Ritter in it who okay was kind of doing similar work. She's great. I think she got nominated for like best supporting actress like a gazillion times. Oh, fun. so yeah, Grace Kelly's in it. She's fantastic. So I can picture the DVD cover. I used to work at Barnes and Noble, and I would just yeah. like look through. That was like my favorite section to work. I would just like not do any of the stuff that I was supposed to do and right. just look at like album. I was like, uh, I need to like, and it was all. It's always on my list because I I think is that the one where uh, maybe it's a different one. An Alfred Hitchcock where someone is like in a like a wheelchair or something, yep. and they have like a telescope. Oh, that's yep. it. That's okay, it. Awesome. Yeah, with Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And that's he a sees great movie. something, and it's. Yeah. Okay. He witnesses a murder across the courtyard of his apartment building. Uh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. It's it's great. But um, I was thinking, yes, yeah, similarly, that Rosemary's Baby, it's it's creepy. It gets under your skin. It is a slow burn for sure. Like the first hour and 20 minutes, you're just like, okay. Especially if it's the first time you're seeing it. Like if you mm-hmm. if you watch it again, and, and especially if you've read the book, which is almost exactly the same, Yeah, you kind of realize like, oh, God, this – like rosemary's fucked from the start like it's really tense like yeah knowing all that you know i agree i didn't mind the slow burn i've learned to Mm -hmm. like appreciate that uh, through other things that i've seen i feel like people are using that a little bit more frequently in their you know media diet nowadays like the slow burn works it's you know there's a resurgence of the slow burn and especially for this because it's just like you know there's this gestation period of like nine months and it's sort of like what we're waiting for the entire time. So it works well for the film. Um, And I'm sure that was intentional. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But uh, so I I don't know if I I answered your question really. I mean, there's a lot to unpack. I think that like my initial thoughts, um, I will say I went through a lot of different feelings about Ruth Gordon. I was like, what? I think honestly, I will say this: if I didn't know that she was not like won an Oscar for this or was nominated, I probably I probably would have not ever suspected that she was even nominated. But with that being said, I know that like, and I think that this is something as we kind of talk about her, that I will kind of learn to learn why, or and and I'm kind of leaning on you a little bit too. But I think that um, I can see. She seems like a cool chick, first of all, because I was reading a little bit about her. She was also in Harold and Maude, which I had not seen. I I just think it's because I don't know Ruth yet, and I need to um yeah I need to get to know her. Yeah, so, I mean, what a what a what a 
amazing future you know to know that you i have, know it's exciting yeah, yeah it's exciting to kind of like i feel that way every time i could like discover a new actress or a new movie or whatever it's like okay maybe i should have seen this a long time ago but like oh my yeah. god one day i'm gonna like miss the day when i like this was fresh to me you know like yes yeah i think about yeah. you know since it's a sort of recent thing like the first time i heard the original cast recording of company which of course, was a Best Supporting Actress of the Week, yes. Ugh. And I remember that feeling the first time listening to it and being like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, this is just, like, talk about gay fucking whistletones. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. And so, like, to that point, though, or conversely, the first time I saw Rosemary's Baby, I thought Ruth Gordon was giving a terrible performance. Mm -hmm. So, like, just to admit there, like, at first blush, it seems like she's doing a terrible job. In, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, and I think there's some of that with what I'm saying. It's like I'm almost too afraid to say, like, she wasn't that great. But I'm also more than willing to, like, hear why you think she's great. And also I think it's just what you're saying now is I need to go back and maybe revisit it and, and kind of digest. I'm not opposed to it. I will definitely – I mean, she obviously won for a reason. It's just such an interesting role to win for. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those are my those are my opening thoughts on Ruth. I love that. I actually I'm I'm so glad you're feeling conflicted about it because like I yeah I almost expected that or I'm or I'm happy that you are because I had the same feeling and yes. I feel like each time I've watched it again I have gone in with the question of like okay what is it that she's doing that is so award worthy like what is it about this performance that's so good. And yes. I mean, obviously, that's what we're here to talk about today is like, why did Ruth Gordon win an Oscar? Like, what is it about this performance? <clears throat> is it just a legacy award? I don't think that's the case um, mm -hmm. because she had been nominated like a year or two earlier. So it, yeah. what this is not like, a, oh, you know, um, I always think of from Titanic. What's her name? Uh, Gloria. Oh, yeah. The old Gloria lady. Stewart. I was like, that was not an Oscar worthy performance. Yeah. Like, I think stop it. I know. I think it was just because it was one of those juggernauts that we're going to nominate everyone. Right. Just because you were yeah. in a hugely successful movie. And you're movie. like 99 years old. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Like, that could have been like someone else. That could have been like Laura Dern. Exactly. You know, like. <laughs> totally. Laura Dern. Annette Benning. Diane Laura Linney. Wiest, Laura Ugh. Linney. Yeah. All I these mean... future BSAs. Well, Diane Wiest is a two-time. She's going a... to get into some Diane Wiest, oh. too. Oh, I know. Ooh, that's going to be. Oh, my God. Some good stuff. Diane Weist. Yeah. Diane Weist. Can we just say the name <laughs> Diane Weist? Just say her name. I just, it's important. Um, I know. So it's so good. I fucking love Diane Weist. But anyway, uh, I am, yeah, I'm very excited to kind of like look at some different scenes in Rosemary's Baby and like what I think Ruth Gordon is doing particularly well or interesting um, or at least like why I think it does stand out and why it does, I think it does hit those notes, but it's like, I don't know. There's something about like the fact that it doesn't work the first time and then works so well the subsequent times is part yeah. of the magic. I think so. And I, I look forward to that. And I, I really kind of hesitated to really speak my truth here today on, oh. the, on the best supporting pod. But I kind of like that. I, like you said, I, I, I like that I'm being a little bit indifferent about it because I could have easily just been like, oh, my God, it was awesome. I loved it. And then but no, no. I didn't love it at first. I I'm a skeptic. I love there, that. I said it there. You said it as <laughs> as Evie oddly once said, God put you on this earth. He put you on this earth to be honest from the start. 
So, yeah. or she put you on this. I mean, I don't know. That's I know? right. Yeah. But, uh, or they, but I know yeah. you should totally be honest. Like we should, ha- yeah. there will be weeks where it's like, I don't get it. I don't know why this woman won. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And vice versa. Yes. Um, so I look forward to that. Yeah. So I guess moving on with this. Um, so you said just to kind of uh, turn it over to you. So you said the first time you weren't, you were kind of in where I'm sitting right now, but over time, just as viewing it, when was... How what did that look like for you? You know, I think so. There's a couple things. One, I highly recommend reading the book. The okay. book. Oh my god, it is a lightning fast read. You get sucked in, and wow. even if you know everything that's going to happen, seeing the orchestrations that Ira Levin has to like tell the story, where it's just like this nightmare in the most like mundane setting, and yeah. the most sort of like banal things are like just these tense situations because you realize like what's kind of going on underneath the surface you know yeah um he also wrote the stepford wives which is i mean i see don't even bother with the nicole kidman remake but the original is uh, it's a phenomenal phenomenal book it is a great companion piece to rosemary's baby as well sure because it's also about a woman where the world is kind of closing in on her so um it's i mean there's no nominations but there's a gr- there's some great like women acting in that movie so yeah. um maybe in the details um yeah oh yes, yeah please um and you'll just come on to that and we'll just do that on in the yeah, details yeah we'll just, I'll just yeah. hop over yeah um <laughs> so i think the the book is helpful i feel like i think it's kind of thinking about like the fact that like kind of the context of ruth gordon as this actress and writer as this kind of like someone who is making a lot of intentional decisions in their in their you know acting. There's a lot of acting choices with a capital C. Yes. Yeah. And I guess it's kind of like going in with the lens of like, I'm going to just watch your performance and I'm not going to try to figure out how it fits into the tone of the movie. I'm going to f- watch how it defies the movie and yeah. plays on its own frequency. And I think that's what it is. It's like the way that she holds her glasses when she first sees Rosemary or the way she eats that cake and there's like tiny details there. The fact that she uses her own fork to hand Guy a second slice and yeah. then has this like little facial expression like, oh, yeah, you're good after she hands it to him. Little things like that. There's like seven yep. things going on at once. It's like Valerie Cherish, you know? Um, yeah. I yeah. think those are the things that like once I saw them and I realized what she was doing and how much texture was there that it was like, oh, this is this is so this is so garish, but that's why I love it is that it doesn't yes. fit. Um, and so that's kind of like the, the thesis of why I think it works is because it doesn't. Yeah, fair. I kind of like that, um, that lens to look at it through that. I think that that's something that I could use when I watch it the next time too, because I will say, I think my biggest, uh, I don't want to say disappointment. That sounds so dramatic. But um, my biggest thing that I maybe that I was looking for was that, you know, we're all looking for that Oscar moment. Sometimes, and I know this, you don't get it. It's just like, for instance, we will get there eventually. But um, I have many thoughts about Patricia Arquette in Boyhood when she won. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you saw that movie. I, I did see it. I so. didn't. I And I, it was like a performance I wasn't intrigued to see. Yeah, so we'll we'll cover it eventually. It, I don't think it'll be at the top of the list, but I, I'm really interested because I feel like maybe you will find things in there that I haven't, but I feel like it's almost along the same lines as this. There's maybe one scene where she kind of 
allows herself to go there. But it's uh, enough about Patricia Arquette. Back to Ruth. Um, uh, this whole movie with even I think this is uh, just the I almost said the genius of the directing, even though it's Mr. Roman Polanski, you know, whatever. Mm, yeah. There's 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 a lot to unpack there. But yeah, um, I will say um, with the uh, with this sort of idea of the slow burn, things do move fast. And I, I feel like every time you do see Ruth um, or Minnie, excuse me, in the movie, it's it's just like a quick in and out, in and out, in and out. You don't really get besides maybe that dinner scene, besides the first scene. Um, she's. I, I don't yeah I think that it just moved too fast for me that I kind of missed it because I was also taking notes mm-hmm. um, I should have watched it twice one with like notes one with maybe without notes or something like that um, but so be it um, so but be yeah. it yeah. yeah I know I think it's great I think it's a good comparison because I feel like there could be a lot of people who've only seen it once or haven't seen it yet and then it's like okay what am I in for and it's like well you might actually think she's terrible at first um, yeah so yeah, no, I I think that's uh, totally fair. I I do feel like the genius is in all of the little nuances and little like, you know, I'm I'm skipping around to all of her best parts. But when she first comes back, first comes to the apartment after they meet them on the street, you know, that scene where we see her through the peephole and the way that she kind of like um, maneuvers her way in to see the living room and like then when she sees and goes, oh oh my god oh look at this like there's that stuff i mean it all to me falls under the the category of like no one told her to do that like there's a lot that she's doing that actually i don't think roman polanski was able to direct her to do yeah it was just like let ruth do what ruth does yeah there's there's (laughs) that too that i really enjoy um but you know i think that before we get into kind of the reasons why she won we should at least give a moment of appreciation to her fellow nominees. Um, and, you know, as per usual, every week, sometimes we have a lot to say about, that, about these nominees. Sometimes we have nothing to say about them because we don't know them. Um, and sometimes we fall right in the middle. So there's yeah. no, no right answer. Um, this, of course, is the um, these are the Oscars for 1968. And uh, Ruth Gordon, of course, won. But her fellow nominees were... Uh, Lynn Carlin for Faces, mm-hmm. Sandra Locke for The Heart is a Lonely Hunter, Kay Medford for Funny Girl, and Estelle Parsons for Rachel Rachel. Yeah. Now, I have to ask, wh- what do you know of these ladies? So, um, okay, so I'll start. I think it's, I, I was looking at, I think this might have been the Academy Awards in 1969 and not yes. 1968. But the movie came out in 68. Yes, I'm just yes. trying to avoid... I know. I, I know. I like to think that our fellow BSAs out there, they know. They, they know get what, what we're trying we to say. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Anyways, I'm just so used to fact checking. I like know. Part of, part of being a podcaster now. You got to. We're you professionals. Gotta look it up. That's right. Yeah. Anyways, um, so the uh, I know Kay Medford. Okay. Um, from Funny Girl. She was the uh, also in the original Broadway cast of Funny Girl. Um. She plays Fanny Bryce's mother. Have you seen Funny Girl? I have not, so I'm really okay. glad you've seen this so you can yeah, yeah. lend some color here. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um she's uh she's everything you want in like Fanny Bryce's mother without like if it you can just fill in the blanks with that too. It's like she's kind of um loud and boisterous and um full of life and energy and like she's just kind of doing her own thing. You don't see too much of her. I feel like um she might have a song 
in the beginning of the movie. It's been a while since I've only seen it twice, I think, because I did an episode of The No Good, Very Bad Gay with Mr. Robbie Roselle. Mm -hmm. Um, Go check that out if you'd like. Um, But I think uh, you really don't see much of her beyond that. It's a long movie, too, so you kind of just get a lot of her at the beginning. Um, I think she sings a song, and then she's kind of out. Uh, And that's just like a very glossed-over sort of review of her performance. But... Um, it's great that she got nominated for this. I think that uh, that's that's a nice nod for her. She's a really, she, or um, I'm assuming she's passed since. Um, but anyways, I think she had a really great Broadway career as well as as well as film too. So that's Kay Medford. All right. Well, I I was not familiar with her at all, um, and uh, have not seen Funny Girl, so that's on the list. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I'm always curious about like, especially obviously with Best Supporting Actress, like screen time or how much of the duration of the movie whether it's in one chunk or spread throughout like ruth gordon is kind of spread throughout rosemary's baby she pops in and out through the entire thing you know from like 20 minutes in on whereas like a role like this or beatrice straight in network you know it's like you have you know obviously in network it's basically she has one big scene and two tiny scenes um and it's it goes back to that thing we talked about in the first episode of like the the screen time and like the the impact of the performance and how to designate yeah. whether something's a supporting role to the point that it could be nominated. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, what about you? Did you know any other of these gals? I'm just, I'm assuming you know Estelle, but of course. Uh, yeah, I've wanted to see Rachel. Rachel, that's been on my list. Um, I'm familiar with Sandra Locke. I've seen her in other things, but I haven't seen The Heart Is a Lonely Hunter. And I saw Faces a long time ago, like years ago. It's um, ironically, it is directed by John Cassavetes, who it plays Guy in yes. Rosemary's Baby, and it's um, it's great because he was, you know, at the time, like he was kind of one of the original like American independent filmmakers, and so yeah. um, there's a there's something very sort of ahead of its time about his movies, faces in particular. It feels it feels real. It feels it doesn't have that kind of like stodgy produced, you know, studio film energy. Um, yeah, there's a there's a clip from it. I'll send it to you. It's kind of how I think I discovered it. And then I just kind of like had it in my back pocket. As Is like it the a, stairs. Are they on the stairs? They're not no. on the stairs. No, okay. it's um, <laughs> there's another scene where it's the husband. It's Lynn Carlin and the husband. Um, OK just like talking about some friend of theirs and like they're, they just, they can't stop laughing as they're telling these stories. And it's, it doesn't feel like acting at all. It feels like yeah. two actors who are just cracking up and it's, that's hard. I oh my like God. Really hard to do. Yeah. It's so going, good. Yeah. And I actually think watching this, you might actually feel like, I feel like it's a performance you would appreciate. Like you'd get the nuances of what she's doing. Okay. And, and again, we're not familiar with all the nominees, but I feel like, I might watch that movie again. You might see that movie and think, oh, maybe this should have won. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder. I wonder. Because there, I don't know what, well, like what term we'd call this, you know, but there's like the, there's the winner. I feel like the five, there's like the old grand dame of the category. And uh-huh. then there's like the up and comer. And then there's like the standard woman who gets nominated a lot. And then there's like the woman who wins. And then there's the woman who like, maybe just came out of nowhere but has this like epic performance that i think of like i don't know like janet mcteer and albert knob sure or mm-hmm. um oh i have to look up her name because i really really loved her in blue jasmine um oh. uh 
Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Moment. Oh, um, is it Sally, Sally Hawkins? Sally Hawkins. Sally Hawkins. Yeah. yeah. I uh, thought she was great in that. Um, and I, I can't remember what, uh, who won that year, but um, we'll talk about that in the future. Well, well yeah, I could um, just scroll down on my Wikipedia page oh, that's and right. check for you because it's always I open. It. Um, I haven't seen Blue Jasmine, but it's been on my list just because, um, you know, Kate Blanchett's supposed to be amazing in it. Yeah, uh, I own it. I should just oh. like mail it to you. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> uh, so that was the year that Lupita Nyong'o won for Twelve Years a Slave. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a good year. Okay. Um, yeah, fellow nominees Jennifer Lawrence for American Hustle, uh, June Squibb for Nebraska. Have you seen that? No. Oh, I think we would love. We would both. I think love we'll. That. Yeah. yeah. I think that might be one that I w- might actually watch in preparation totally. for that, not just like clips on YouTube. That I right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Totally. And then. Because this is, I, I'm mentioning these because I just don't understand why. But Julia Roberts for August Osage County. Yeah, that was a terrible movie. Yeah, <laughs> terrible movie. I didn't even bother seeing it. I, I heard things, and once I saw the trailer, and I, honestly, I don't know. I, we all love Meryl. We all worship at the altar of Meryl. But sure. like that, that choice to make that role so like deep and almost husky. It really because when. Oh, I can't remember the name of the actress who won the Tony for Oh, it. Deanna uh, Dunnigan. Yes. Um, it was so shrill. Um, and, yeah. And granted, it probably had to do just because of the space and like how she had to carry her voice, and um, but powerful and uh, steady. And it just kind of, even in the trailer, it took me out of that character because when I first knew that she was cast in that role, I was like, well, there's Meryl's fourth Oscar. Like, right. no question. Like, Same. that is going to be, it's going to tear the roof off of this whole, like, theater so um and then it didn't it didn't and, no yeah. um and then of course another fun coincidence is that nominee estelle parsons played that role. i was just gonna say yeah i was yeah. just gonna oh yeah you beat me to it i well you know it's like yeah. we're, we're just you know adjoining <laughs> wheelhouses here you know? I know that was my my upcoming segue uh, yeah. but yeah estelle parsons played that role too did she originate it or did she just do it after the fact like she took over on for Deanna Dunnigan. Oh, okay. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. And then she played it for a while. And I think she played it on tour as well. And I know like Felicia Rashad played the role at one point on Broadway. Ooh, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so yeah, obviously Estelle Parsons, uh, she actually won the Best Sporting Actress Oscar for Bonnie and Clyde the year earlier. Um, mm-hmm. So she was, you know, she was on a role in the, in the late yeah. 60s. Um, Sandra Locke, I think she was married to Clint Eastwood. I think I know that about Interesting. her. I feel yeah, like Sandra. Sandra Locke. Uh, is that a young Alan Arkin that's in that movie too? Very, looking very handsome. Oh, The um, Heart is a Lonely it. Hunter? Yeah, I watched just one brief clip of it. Ooh. Um, I, Alan, I mean, yeah. I love Alan Arkin as an actor, but if you're telling me Aaron, Alan Arkin also has a has a yeah. hot stage. Yeah, definitely. Basically that the plot of that movie is he plays a deaf mute singer that moves to a small city to be near his only friend and he's like confined confined in a hospital and he falls in love with the landlady's sensitive 16-year-old daughter and that's who Sandra Locke is. Oh my god, Alan Arkin and his yeah. son Adam. Uh the Arkins are just Yeah. Those Arkins. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's all, you know, who else I have like such a crush on and who is like yeah. still great is Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia, let me look him up. Yeah, um, that was, sounds really familiar. Uh, he was in When a Man Loves a Woman. Um, he's super hot in that. He was in Book Club and he was great in it, which is an otherwise not great movie. 
Ah, I'm going to have to look him up. I, I see him, and I don't know what he looks like when he's younger. So you know who I love, and I, really at any age, and I find him incredibly sexy, and I don't know what it is. And it's it's, it's Tony Shalhoub. I'm oh, like wow. so into Tony. What, yeah, you know, I just think there's something about – go ahead. Go. No, go, no, no. Go. I was just going to say um, Tony Shalhoub. What, I, I'm thinking of him in uh, – there was that movie like from the mid-'90s, like – I think it was with Kevin Spacey though. It's like date night or dinner night or oh, I'm okay. looking. I'm looking it up now. Tony Shalhoub, um, vamping so that it's not just me looking up things on IMDb on a podcast. Yeah, um, I found a picture of Andy Garcia. Whoa, that yeah, is... right. Oh, big night, big night, big um, night. There's this okay. movie from 1996. Um, I feel like if you're a Tony Shalhoub fan, that might be a good era for him. All right. And it also stars oh Stanley Tucci. That's her. I mean, he's probably like the next one I'd go to right. as well because I, I I think more people would agree about Stanley. But I gotta give Tony some love too. Uh, sure. Tony Shalhoub is a uh, Lebanese too, which is really ironic because he's playing a Jewish man in Mrs. Maisel, and like Lebanese and Jewish people, like famously, do not get along at oh, all too. Wow. So it's just like really, I would not know that if I wasn't dating. A Lebanese man myself. Right, but, right. Um, You've got the inside track yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, uh, this movie, Big Night, I think is worth watching because it looks like the cast list is like in order of appearance. But I am okay. seeing Allison Janney on this cast list. Ooh. I'm seeing Isabella Rossellini on this cast list. I'm seeing Minnie Driver. I'm wow. seeing, I know, Leave Schreiber in case he does anything for you. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He does, he's fine. Um, who else? Any other women? No, and no one else that I know. So anyway, okay. There's a tangent on Big Night. Yeah, we really went. Mm-hmm. We went there, but we went there. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta, yeah. you just follow our path here. Yeah, just trust um, us on this one. Yeah. Um. Did we get to all the nominees? I, I guess anything to else to wrap up rather. No, I think we covered everybody. I'm just looking at the list again. Yeah, I mean, I really think, you know, I think it's just this. It's Ruth's moment. I think it's um. I think the next step is really just to take a listen to Ruth's acceptance speech at the Oscars. The winner is Ruth Gordon and Rosemary Bates. how encouraging a thing like this is. <laughs> the, the first film that I was ever in was in 1915, and here we are, and it's 1969. Actually, I don't know why it took me so long, though I don't think, you know, that I'm backward. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Bill, thank you, Bob. Thank you, Roman, and thank you, Mia. And thank all of you who voted for me, and all of you who didn't, please excuse me. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, a real speech. Yeah. Who'd have thunk? I, Who'd have I really like, I feel like people don't speak as much as they do now. Like, we, we talked about the evolution of the Oscar speech, too, but you want especially from a BSA, you want a good speech. You want to laugh. 
Yeah. And w- she did it. She did it. She <laughs> was great. I mean, I I uh I think especially watching Rosemary's Baby and then seeing her at the Oscars, it's like, oh, you you look better than you did in Rosemary's Baby. Like you realize that how much drag she's wearing in Rosemary's Baby when you see oh, her yes. out of it. You know, it it's and those are again some of the elements that I love about Minnie and I love about this performance is just the again that theme of the elements that don't work the makeup that doesn't work you know like oh the blush wow yeah the blush yeah it's um the jewelry it's like costume jewelry she's she clicks a lot she's cl- i bet it's soothing yeah. it's like asmr <laughs> right yeah she's just like a couple of wind chimes in the distance yeah uh she's um i love that there's sort of um I love the way that she kind of like gesticulates with her hands and like there's just like her whole body is always delivering every line. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think even when it's because the first time I saw this performance, I remember thinking, oh, I especially because the book and the movie are so similar. I knew the lines like I kept thinking, God, she keeps delivering these lines the wrong way. Like she's not hitting the notes that I would hit mm-hmm. or I would think an actor should hit to have like a good delivery. Like I think her inflections are strange or the words she's emphasizing are odd and it's feeling haphazard. And like, that was my first impression. And I, I guess the reality is that it's like entirely intentional and like in such capable hands that to create a performance that feels so loosey goosey and floppy and yet is totally controlled. That dichotomy is really exciting. Yeah, I get that. And I appreciate that, too. I mean, we always go back to Brittany Murphy and and her just like how or just any other because there is a part of this character that is comedic, Mm -hmm. I think. And but I I, you never really because what I was expecting, I thought there was going to be some scene where like Ruth is just like Minnie rather is just like she does something terrible or she really like she admits that she's you know, the shakes are poisoned or whatever, like mm-hmm. that chocolate mousse. And like, and like, I thought she was going to be almost like the mastermind behind all of this or something. But right. you learn that she's just part of like the whole, uh, you know, she's one part of many parts of this whole sort of, I don't want to say scheme, but this, this uh, plot, I think is what she says in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. The phone book, phone oh. book, the phone booth, <laughs> phone booth. Oh, and I definitely want to talk about the phone booth scene. Um, yeah. And Mia Farrow in general. I'd love to talk about yes, that performance. Yes, I think we need to. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to. Re- oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Oh, no. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think um, the. Yeah. There are none of those moments where she reveals herself to be like yeah, the evil mastermind or she has some big like monologue or she has some big you know, moment where we see the evil of this older, you know, kooky old lady on the Upper West Side. Yeah. And and it, it does kind of beg the question of, like, where's her Oscar moment? And, yeah. I mean, I think for me the, the best display of Ruth Gordon in this movie is the dinner scene, um, that first dinner party. Yeah. I think that there is – there's a couple moments there, like the way that like when when he has when the vodka's spilling off of the tray and she starts coughing. Oh, yes. The, the carpet, the carpet. It's brand new carpet. Like that it's so I don't know, like Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, like who thinks of that? Who works in that coughing? You know, like it's so bizarre. And then for her to then get like to me, she is supposed to be off putting. She is supposed to be strange. She is supposed to make guy and rosemary sit there and go oh my god what is with this fucking woman and 
she's doing it to such an extent that we, the audience, are uncomfortable with her. It's like, what is up with this woman? We're never in on Minnie, you know? That's true. You never quite figure her out in yeah. a way. But you, you do from an outside perspective, I guess, just what you're watching. But I think I just wanted to get into her head a little bit because I think that's something that really I look for or just like empathizing or just sort of like, oh, she's acting this way because of this. Um, mm -hmm. But some of that is maybe answered to an extent uh, with what you're saying too, but I, I, it's a little bit more open-ended than I would like. And I think that's maybe partially the reason why I was, uh, yeah, skeptic. Uh, yeah. Skeptical rather. Yeah. Um, I wanted to read this quote from Oscar Knight. Um, as she says, Ruth Gordon says, my husband told me if I didn't win this time, he wouldn't bring me again. But I figured even if I didn't win, I got a new dress out of it. I feel absolutely groovy. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> that made me smile. That that actually was like I read that after I watched the film and I was like, okay, Ruth, I got I got it. Yeah, she's yeah. great. I mean, she is She seems cool. Yeah. I just and she's so accomplished. She's, you know, she's won or been nominated for Oscars for screenplays, for writing, she's written plays, she's been on Broadway, she's been nominated for a Tony. I think she's won uh at least an Oscar, Grammy and um Emmy, so she's got ego. She doesn't got. She's not a full ego. Yeah, she won an Emmy for Taxi. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, she's. You know, I haven't seen Harold and Maude, but I feel like that feels requisite. You know, to kind of see yes. or to see Ruth Gordon in another performance and kind of compare. You know. Yeah, I think that would be really fun for me, yeah. especially because I I feel like I need to. She was also uh, nominated for a Tony Award for um in 1956 for The Matchmaker, which yeah. is um. The, basically the play version of Hello Dolly. We did it my senior year in high school. I played Cornelius Hackle. It was great. Wow. It was actually pretty terrible. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, And that was her only Tony nomination, which is crazy because she has her, her um, I love a good IBDB wormhole where you look at the, the Broadway dance. Oh, too. Yeah. 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 Did yeah. you know that that exists or not? I think I was somewhat familiar with that, but I wasn't sure how extensive it was. It, it's know? pretty... Uh, it's pretty comprehensive. It used to not be. It used to, like, you can really, uh, it wasn't as user-friendly, um, but you can find out a lot now, and you can, like, uh, just basic. She, she was in a lot of stuff, so the fact that she was only nominated once, whoa, <laughs> almost fell over, whoa. Uh, is uh, interesting, to, yeah. to say the least, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I, it was kind of like as I was watching some, I, you know, I watched the movie again, but I mostly focused on her scenes, and like watched a couple of scenes and clips on YouTube and I'm sort of interested in like other people's interpretation of like what it is that she's doing that's so brilliant. And I think that um, I feel like just the consensus is, again, just that feeling of like she's doing something different. She's doing something, yeah. you know, it's there's almost something slightly similar or reminiscent of Sandy Dennis in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Sure. Even yeah. though I think Sandy Dennis is hitting all of the right notes. Yes. She's doing a similar thing where it's like, oh, wow, I would have never um, thought of that line delivery. I would have never if I read that script, I would have never come to that conclusion about how to do that moment. But you did, you know? Yeah. It's like if Sandy Dennis is like in the key of C major, like just mm -hmm. kind of hitting everything like Ruth Gordon is in like F sharp minor. She's just like kind of doing her. <laughs> yeah. But still, um, you know, it's just a different key, really. Um, yeah. If, if, yeah. Little uh, just music thing there. Anyway, music um, thing there. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, 
there was something else about we were we were talking and then I went back to Oscar night too. But um, uh, one of the lines that I at the dinner party when she's like, "I'm Minnie and he's Roman." Okay, mm-hmm. the way she just does. It's like, what do you say? Like anytime, I think she probably says it two more times, maybe three total. But like the first one about the steak is the one where I was like, okay. Yeah, I I, I perked up for sure. Plus mm-hmm. I, I was, it was me just recognizing that quote, which I was like, oh yeah. Oh, that's where that's uh, from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. She does it again when she sees, or she, you know, pretends to run into Rosemary on the street when she's going to meet Hutch. Yeah, I was just going to say. And she says, how will we go back? What do you say? And it's, yeah, yeah this little catchphrase. Yeah. Um, and even that moment, you know, when she, the the performance, like there's always this, this kind of drawl about it. There's this kind of fluid looseness about it where I feel like it's actually the way that she, the way that she speaks, the way that she kind of, before you know it, she's got the whistle for the taxi. Like you can't even really argue with her. I think that's part of what's insidious about Minnie is that yeah. she just kind of ingratiates herself and, 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 you know, weaves her way into Rosemary's life. And, you know, in a way that Rosemary can't argue with because Minnie is this kind of bold, brash, kooky old lady in New York and Minnie yeah. and, and Rosemary is like this, you know, good girl from Omaha and yeah. like is afraid to kind of like speak up or push back. And so in a lot of ways, what Minnie's doing, like, no, she never has like the evil reveal, but she's she's operating like a classic sociopath here. Yeah, it's disguised as 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 something else, and unless you're really kind of paying attention to it, you might miss it. Um, yeah, or just give it like a, a second look. Really, um, I do love the scene. Speaking of her, just like barging in with her and uh, Laura Louise oh, uh, and Patsy Minnie Kelly. coming over. <laughs> it's great, and they just plop down and they get out their knitting and cross stitch, and they are just going for it. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. Things like that yeah. where they she just invades her life, and yeah. Um, now it's worth mentioning that Patsy Kelly was an out lesbian, and interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like she, um, her career kind of stalled in the '40s because she, you know, was out and proud about it, and so wow. I think she had more of a TV career. But yeah, uh, I think I'd read the trivia that she was the longtime assistant and sometimes lover and friend of Tallulah Bankhead. So wow. Yeah, there you go. All right. Yeah. Um, I love that. In terms of like watching Ruth Gordon in another performance and comparing, I do have to recommend, and it's also a horror movie that I think you could endure. Is a it, I did an episode of it on In the Details, but it's this 1982 TV movie called Don't Go to Sleep, and oh. it's great. It has Valerie Harper in it. Rest in peace, rest in power, and yes. she's excellent. There's a great. It's I, I did, obviously did an episode about it because there are just some scenes of acting with a capital A. Um, okay. Both from Ruth Gordon and Valerie Harper. I You can find it on YouTube. I strongly recommend it. Ruth Gordon is great in it as well. Um, and it, the movie is so much better than it deserves to be. But uh, I feel like that would be a good comparison to like Ruth Gordon in a more restrained role and a much more okay. kind of um, on this planet role versus Minnie. Yeah, I think I think honestly that's the key is I need to maybe see her other work just to see how yeah, just to compare and contrast and just appreciate her as an actress too because I know she's a trained actress as well and clearly has the resume in in my you know little research that I've done about her thus far. But yeah, I'm interested to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um 
now, just I there are not many other. I mean, there's you know Laura Louise and some of the other neighbors in terms of other female characters in the role. There's Grace Cardiff who shows up you know once, but yes, feels significant. I wanted to just you know, in the spirit of best supporting actresses, I also want to mention Rosemary's friend Elise. Uh, she's the blonde woman at the party when Rosemary starts crying, and then they're all in the kitchen, and she's yeah. the and she's the one like Rosemary. Pain like that is a sign of something being wrong, and like she's like the supportive, wise friend who's like, um, she's there, she only has like a couple of scenes that might actually be yeah. the only scene she has. She is great. She's yeah, so she good. Um, yeah, I agree. I, ugh, I love that scene in the kitchen. It's great in the book too. Like again, it's almost verbatim, but that scene in the kitchen. With the three friends just like circling her and the one holding the door and the one getting the towel and Elise talking to her and Rosemary just looking like death. It's oh man, she looks so bad. Oh, that, <laughs> that haircut made it worse. Oh, that haircut. I love the haircut, but when she looked like yeah. a you know a ghost, yeah, yes. Um, but I just yeah, I love that moment of just like the women in the kitchen, just like yeah, oh yeah, just yeah, giving her the business. But also, it's our it's our only sort of it's her last chance to kind of get. Not get out, but like to figure out what's happening a little bit sooner. But it it doesn't happen for a reason because she has that argument, you know, with her uh, with guy later. It's like mm-hmm. those those bitches. That's what he called them. Right, uh, right. Ugh. Trying to convince her that you know this is in your head or that you ha- you have to see Doctor Saperstein. I think honestly, he was what terrified me the most, Doctor Saperstein. He's yeah. yeah. I got really nervous every time he was around and just didn't trust him. I agree. He like he made me the like the most uncomfortable, and Guy made me the most angry. Same, yeah. There's a lot of, and I I think uh, speaking of just like the themes of the movie compared to like right now and what we're facing, and really these themes just uh, they existed then, they exist now. It's like there was something I don't know if I wrote it down, but um, uh, it was a it was a quote about uh, let me see if I have this. Oh, I was watching like a YouTube video of the analysis of it. And it was like, um, the, like the, the fact is that nobody ever believes a woman who is truly suffering in mind, body and soul. And like how men are just like, specifically guy too, who's supposed to like be her husband and keeper and not, not keeper. That sounds like he owns her, but in a way that's kind of what it's, uh, you know, what they're going for in this movie. She, yeah. she can't fight it. She can't fight the the patriarchy, and it's just these men that are telling her what to do with her body, and how to how to really do everything that involves this pregnancy. Um, yeah, and like Minnie in in that context, I feel like she's just it's like the nurse, like she's just she's bringing the the drink and bringing like the the vitamins and and kind of like the bedside support. Like I think in that framework, like the men are the ones responsible for this, and Minnie is just kind of like you know, she has a job and a part of all of this, you know, but yeah, she's not the mastermind. Yeah. She's like complicit because she's a part of it. But yeah, I, I didn't, it really kept me guessing, even though like you get these sort of, and we could talk about them now, the, um, the dreams really like this, all this, uh, the first one was intense and like the whole, like, I don't even know, insemination scene. It's just like, oh. it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that line, like, this is no dream. This is really happening. Like, it's just yeah. like, <laughs> oh, that moment. It's, yeah, the dreams are crazy. And, like, I know I keep saying this, but the 
the extent to which it is literally the exactly what's in the book. Because yeah. the reason for that is that Roman Polanski wrote the script and he had never written a movie script before and he didn't know that you could deviate away from the source material. Got and so it. or at least hadn't written a written a script based on like, you know, original material. So Yeah, whatever. adapted. Yeah. And so um yeah, he just stuck to the to the book like word for word and like had literal like, you know, lines of dialogue that were exactly the same. And mm-hmm. I think it like, I think it was smart. Like, I think it works. I think it does, yeah. you know, kind of raise the question of like, you know, when something is adapted, like how often, like how much it should vary, like, you know, differ from the original source material and times when that really works and times when that doesn't. Um, I'm sure you haven't seen The Shining, but that's always an example of like, it's apparently very different from Stephen King's book. Interesting. But no, like, I haven't seen... Yeah, but so much about it is so like like so many of the iconic elements I think of the movie are not part of the book, you know. Yeah, it's like um, it's ironic because everyone's always bitching about how different. Not you specifically, I'm not, but I I do the same, you know. Um, it's like oh, the book was way better, like the movie was fine, and then when you finally get it, like it's is it is it too much of a good thing or is it is it just what um. It it should be more like that in my opinion. Sometimes you can you can I mean you can uh especially with books that are so I don't know if you've saw um I've talked about it on Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour, but the the book The Goldfinch, which they just adapted into a movie with um with Nicole Kidman and Ansel Elgort. Mm-hmm. Um that bombed, it tanked. Um, really? Oh it yeah. did. It's, yeah, it didn't it's not doing well, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um I, you know, and that's just me and you know the four pop culture podcasts I listened to that also didn't like it, but right. maybe it's good. It it looks like a beautiful film. I when I was reading the book, I was like, oh, and Nicole Kidman. I think they could have cast like Kate Blanchett in that role. Honestly, I I, I was like, um, I was hoping it'd be her, but also, um, it it just takes place in this this little boy's or like teenager's head the whole time. So it's hard to get those thoughts out into like you know film it works so much better as a book so yeah i don't know where i'm going with all this but uh no i hear you except like like, there are times where um you know like you have to vary you have to go away from the original source material because it only works in that format um i think of like have you read and or seen i'm assuming you've seen but have you read the hours yes oh oh my goodness i've read and seen it's one of my top 10 like books like michael cunningham yeah my lord like there's i don't know i just his writing is so it's like one of those things it's like when when you when you just have so much to say and you don't know quite how to articulate it too but like it's it's effortless like speaking of someone who's just like um it's so dense but also light and um so descriptive but not mundane there's just something there's like a rhythm to it that just works so well um within that book and the way that it's uh just i just really love the hours too i mean we should just have it's a shame well we'll talk about it eventually because yeah Moore. oh that's true right? she did, yeah she did get nominated did she win like the golden globe maybe or actually, Ooh, you know what? I have that tab. I open. know. So open that tab. Where are those up. glasses? Um, I'm so glad that you've read and seen it because I was going to say the same thing. The book is so beautifully written. Um, yeah, it's and, like a symphony. Yeah, it's. it's uh, I rarely like underline um, lines in books. Like I just, it it takes a lot for me to go to that point. And I have, especially in like a fiction book, 
I underline the shit out of that book. Oh yeah, my God. it's really I it's it's a book I don't go back and reread books often, but it would definitely be something because I uh, we just painted one of our shelves downstairs and we took all the books off and I I just like picked it up and like held it. <laughs> it was, right. I was right. like, I remember you. It's been a while. But um, yeah, it's it's beautiful. So what, well, do you, what did you find? I did not find any nominations because um, I don't remember what year it was, 2000, 2001 or two. But there are no nominations in the Best Supporting Actress category for the hours. Oh, I thought there were. Maybe it was in Best Actress. Maybe they all got Best Actress. Maybe. But That's interesting. I thought Julian, because um, I'm surprised that Meryl didn't get nominated of all the roles. Like, that's interesting to me. Oh, that's true. She did not get nominated for the hours. Yeah. Oh, Ooh, yeah. and Ed Harris. Ed Harris. Yeah. Oh. I mean, Alice and Janney, Tony yeah. Collette, Margot Martindale. I mean, it's, it's just. It's, uh, yeah. Gay catnip, really. It it's really. everything <laughs> that you want. And it it's is. beautiful. And it's it's just a little of every era. And I, I love it a lot. Uh, but, um for another time for another time yeah i mean again these are the e hours these yeah yeah we'll spend some hours <laughs> on the hours another time yeah 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 uh, uh. so um i i also want to talk about i mean let's let's talk about a performance that i think that was not i don't believe was nominated i should look but i don't believe it was nominated she wasn't nominated for the oscar or i, I don't think the globe or oh, the golden globe was uh mia farrow i yeah now again this is also a performance that it's so worth watching Rosemary's Baby again because as good as it she may come across in an initial viewing, she is doing so much in this movie that I don't I did not appreciate initially. Yeah. Even just like the the real stuff, like she ate that liver, was it liver? Yep. Like she ate it. Yeah. She ate that steak with barely cooking it. Oh, I that's was like, right. Ooh, it made me cringe. I was like, ooh, cook it longer, cook it longer. And then she didn't. I knew she wouldn't. Right. Um, right. Um you you automatically know because she's acting crazy. Um and just the, I'm sure you came across this too, but that scene where she walks around through traffic, it was yeah. not uh, choreographed in any way. Roman Polanski literally told her, walk into this crowded um, New York street because no one's going to hit a pregnant lady. And right. she did it. Yeah. And when you watch that scene, knowing that it's just like, ooh, ooh, you know, like yeah. tensing up. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I mean, she, she really is kind of like a, she's playing a lot of sort of small nuances of like a sort of there's an unraveling and a tightening that's happening throughout. Like she's getting tenser and more unraveled as the movie goes on. But I think like for me, the best display of Mia Farrow in this movie is the telephone booth scene. And then the confession to Dr. Hill. Oh man. I mean, yeah. Ugh. first I'm a little bit angry that she wasn't nominated. I know, especially, I mean, the telephone booth scene is four minutes un uninterrupted single take. And wow. it is purely Mia Farrow. It's all relying on her because the camera is just fixated on her. And she has to make being in a telephone booth tense and interesting. And, like, there's there's only music towards the end when that guy shows up who is William Castle, the producer. Um, that scared me. That, 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 that man, I don't know what it was about that, but it was so simple and, like, uh, but he scared me. It was like a swell of the music, which we'll talk about the music in a moment too, but keep going. I'm interrupting your thoughts here. Oh no, you're fine. Um, what I love about that scene is like little nuances, like the way that she, the way that she plays with the cord and like with the telephone cord and like, as she continues to wrap it through her fingers the entire mm -hmm. time, um, that part where she's like, like saying all of them, all of them, witches, like 
that could yeah. have because in the book those are her thoughts and so a lot of what she's saying in that booth is just like the the thoughts in the book but how do you verbalize them and i feel like that is so hard to make sound natural when like scripts make people kind of say their thoughts out loud yes yeah you know and like I, under their breath and to make it work yeah yeah and i kind of think at that point she does like there's a sense of her she has to keep talking to keep herself sane you know she has to do it just to kind of like kind of make sense of something so hard to believe you know yes i think my favorite part of that entire scene is when she knows that she can't leave the booth because it's interesting technology it's like cell phones obviously didn't exist and she tells the secretary to call the booth back and there's a woman that's almost going to come up into the booth like because she needs mm -hmm. to make a call and she starts talking to herself and making up a conversation and i was like yes yeah oh, it's so good oh it's so good and, like, and i can't and remember what she says she's like oh wow that is that is strange or something she's just it's nonsense i remember because i remember like the way she does it she goes oh 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 really oh she did like it there's the the tension in her she's performing this but you can hear rosemary struggling through the performance of yeah. of being some woman on the phone and i love that um i also love when then she's she's kind of explaining to dr dr saperstein she's like i know or dr hill like i know this sounds crazy but um you know surely people have you know uh plots against people and she's um you know she's just kind of like unraveling already on the phone and then when he says something about like coming to see him tomorrow and she goes and it it's it almost gets kind of um feedbacky because it's like the phone audio but she goes now like the way she yells yeah. no now it's it's like a no and a now at the same time I, I don't know why that always stuck with me as because rosemary so rarely gets shrill and rarely like snaps yeah. is that when she does start to snap it's like ooh, you're okay like it's different you know yeah becoming unhinged which is just like one of the best things to watch as a viewer to watch an actor go there too i think here's ultimately it's like this like deep rooted deep rooted as in like today because i've only seen it like less than 24 hours ago mm -hmm. but um this uh just confusion of why she wasn't nominated and why like i just think it's such a superior performance not necessarily in, comp in comparison to ruth because they obviously be in different categories like mia farrow is clearly the leading actress in that but i i just think i was more captivated with mia farrow than i was with ruth so i think by revisiting this again i c i can finally let mia go for a moment uh, and uh, and then concentrate on Ruth. I think that's ultimately what it was because I was there's so much going on, and I just think Mia Farrow's really talented. Um, yeah, I agree. I think um, I'm just looking up now, like who the yeah. nominees were, just to kind of understand. Okay, oh well, that year, yeah. What happened? Um, so if we're talking, oh about... yes, go. Oh, I know, I know okay, this. yeah. Yes, the so tie. It's a tie. It's 1968. So I mean, like. This was okay. So Joanne Woodward was hitter. also nominated for Rachel Rachel. Okay. Vanessa Redgrave was nominated for Isadora. Patricia Neal for the subject was Roses. And like these are powerhouse actresses. Yeah. But yeah, it was a rare tie between Barbara Streisand, 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 um, and Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. Um, for Funny Girl and The Lion in Winter, obviously, respectively. And uh, Catherine Hepburn wasn't there. So uh, it's just Babs. Just Babs. Babs. Yeah. I feel, yeah. And Catherine Hepburn had just won the year earlier for Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. 
Uh-huh. So she was just like cleaning shit up. Yeah, she's um, unbelievable. So I guess it's kind of like, okay, you know, it was such a competitive year in that they already had, they had two winners. Um, just to kind of look at the Golden Globes that year. Um, that year in 1960. Oh, oh, well, guess what? She got nominated for a Golden Globe. Okay. So Good. that year, she was nominated for a Golden Globe. Catherine Hepburn was nominated for Lion in Winter. Vanessa Redgrave again for Isadora. Um, Beryl Reed was nominated for The Killing of Sister George, which is a, a lesbian um, theme story, which is really interesting. interesting. And Joanne Woodward won for Rachel Rachel. Huh. I, I It's so interesting, you know, the Golden Globes versus the Oscars, because I feel I like it can, in some of the cases, it's like completely different nominees. Yeah. I'm excited that we're kind of on the edge of award season, too, because I feel like as we kind of, as this podcast, you know, starts to find its feet and like, and that we could have like, you know, one week of a bonus episode just discussing, or at least like dedicating, you know, half an episode to talking about, I don't know, who, what movies we've been seeing and, you know, potential nominations and just leading up to that. It's, it's uh, really exciting. Oh, I know. Like I agree. <laughs> I think that's going to be our like holiday season is like, yeah, all of the awards shows and all the awards nominations to queen out about. I am down bonus episodes. Yes. Uh, who, we could. Yes. Whole episodes where it's like, I realize it's not the normal format, but it's, it's, it's award season. We need to. We yeah, need to as Moira Rose said, uh, when Alexis says, uh, what's your favorite season? Hmm. Awards. Awards. That's <laughs> <laughs> so great. Uh, um, yeah, it's going to be great. Yay. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess that kind of leads us to sort of wrapping things up, I think, on Rosemary's yeah. Baby. Um, I I would say, you know, we always, I'm sort of stealing this from Squirrel Friends, but in terms yeah. of homework, I would highly recommend watching it again sometime. Yeah, and just like through that lens of like, what is Ruth Gordon doing? Um, mm-hmm. And and if there's any different reaction, you may also come to the conclusion that you just do not like this performance. And yeah, and I I don't think yeah to say I didn't like it is it's not it's I wasn't I wasn't feeling it those whistle tones. It was just you know I don't know what what a lower what a you know a watered down version of a whistle tone is. Uh, yeah, just like yeah. A, yeah, just kind of like a slide whistle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> slide whistle. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't think she was bad. I just wasn't. Um, I wasn't there yet. I wasn't in tune with what she was doing quite yet. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm excited to uh, to to further that education. Oh, that's great. I I'm so glad that so early in this podcast we've had a performance where at least one of us was like, yeah, I don't get it. Um, yeah, that yeah, keeps it interesting. Yeah. Yes, because um, it's not like we're choosing all of our favorites. We're just choosing ones that you know um, have been nominated. And yeah. you know, do we agree? So um, that, of course, I think leads us to um, a segment I am always excited about is our Ugh. BSA of the week. Which I love it too. Could be a performance, a movie, a song, a thing, a food, but something that is existing as the BSA in our lives this week. Oh, I'm excited. Do you? Would you like to go first? Or would you like me to go? I could go first. You know, you kind of gave an Act One gun for it already, so I'm pretty happy about that. Ooh, okay. But I was, I had a weird 24 hour bug earlier this week, and so I was just like, I took the day off and was homesick, and okay. that gave me the opportunity to completely binge season five of Shit's Creek. <gasps> yes. I oh, tell me everything. So you've obviously seen it all because you like bought it, yeah, right? Yeah. I did. I bought it like 
two months ago because I I could not go another moment not knowing what happened. Oh, so yeah, twenty dollars later, worth it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and still worth it. Still worth it. Yeah. Now, some observations. One. Yes. Based on the first episode, I am now devastated that Catherine O'Hara did not win the Emmy. Yes. I Oh my lord. She did ev- it was I I have been saying to so many people like that is everything you need to do to win an Emmy. The like, Crows of Eyes too, that whole like just her being there and talking to the director very of the comeback almost <laughs> in yes, that same vein. Yes. Yes. And a lot of the same gravitas of like there were those moments where she had doubt and where she was like, you know, very human and very real and i just thought that was like i don't know for some and, oh and the, and when she makes that reference um the shining so reference the shining yes she's like i see what you're doing trying to break <laughs> me down just like stan did the shelly the shelly the way- shelly Oh, it is just gold. I'm so glad cuz i i showed Kia on that and he didn't laugh. Oh. He got the reference, but that was something I was like, Ugh. oh my god. It was the way that she says it with that like dumb look on her face. So he's just I was like, "Shelly." Her lips like curl back, "Shelly." I mean, it's just so fucking good. Yeah. And, and of course the whole season is great, but I have to say, you know, I'm the last episode Stevie's performance oh, maybe this time maybe this time and okay and i might actually do it in the details on the scene but the way that she ends that song with that like gasp i like stood yeah. up and left the room i was like are you kidding oh, me yes this i know everything i love um i just i i loved i feel like this season we really got to see more of stevie and we got to see that character blossom and i didn't realize how much i needed that yeah because you kind of i i feel that I don't think this is too much of a spoiler. Like, I, I something. I'll just be. I'll, I'll be really cautious about it. But um, I won't say what happens. But something happens between her and David. I think in like season one or two yeah. that like really. I I don't want to say rubbed me the wrong way, but I felt that it was an interesting choice to write that into the story, and it, it really affected their relationship. But I guess it kind of had to happen to become friends again. And but she did kind of take a little bit of a backseat, just plot wise, and to have. That's like a dream for an actor too to just like be able to sing that song. It's so good. Yeah, oh, and with so everything good. surrounding it backstage and Catherine O'Hara giving her that pep talk. Oh, and the way that Catherine, the way that Moira, Moira watches the performance, like yes, there's just this look in her eye where I was like, oh my god, you are, it, I this is so good. Like this season, I would say season. I have to go back and watch some of season two and season three. I've missed a few episodes yeah. just because I've like put it on before bed, but. I am always surprised in the last couple seasons the way that Shit's Creek can just like bring me to blubbery tears. It's oh, just Oh yeah. It, like I did not of all the things I thought Shit's Creek could do or like what I thought it was going to be, I did not think it was going to be so emotionally affecting. Yeah. And that's it's a perfect show. It is. <laughs> I, I really on it. It sounds like hyperbole, but I, I I just think that it's it's the best show on television and it gives me it gives me everything I want and that hasn't happened in a while, and I never realized how much I was kind of starved for that, I yes. guess. Yes, yeah, um, I agree. I also just yeah. want to mention Jocelyn. Oh, yeah. For I think that, like, it's very easy to kind of pass her up. But, like, yeah. post, like, like pregnant, and, uh, you know, once she has the baby, Jocelyn, just the, the, the wig. The wig. Oh, my the God. The sweatshirts. When they, 
with the sweatshirt when they go on the girls' trip to the casino, and she just oh, like yeah. it's really the Jocelyn episode of like I she just needs to like live a little, and it she's great. She is her timing, her delivery is so spot on. She is, yeah. I I just like total best supporting actress work going on there. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I wish it's like she's probably too too involved in the show for like um to ever be nominated for like a guest spot but like i would love to see like a nomination for her i, I don't think a best support like i'd rather see alexis be nominated totally um which why isn't she but uh, that's a whole other can of worms oh my god you know i'm just thinking about like the first episode when um when she says when she's ex- when she admits to david that the quiz was rigged and she goes david the quiz is rigged and, and then she does it like like kind of like that face that e face (laughs) it's like no one told her to do that she's just coming up with that stuff oh great uh um so i season five in general of schitt's creek is my bsa of the week it's just oh great i mean you said it perfectly it gave me everything that i needed and there's just not enough shows doing that yeah there isn't um yay i was gonna say something else and i uh lost my train of thought okay so my bsa of the week i started watching i talked about it on squirrel friends and in true ryan murphy fashion the show is kind of flying off the rails but there's one performance um of in the politician have you heard of this show i have jessica lang is in it yeah jessica lang is in it um gwyneth paltrow is in it bob balaban is in it which is great love him yeah um uh, and of course, Ben Platt is playing the lead guy. Um, I'd say like the first three or four episodes are solid and then it starts to get a little weird, which is like the curse of Ryan Murphy. But he does put out some good stuff. But there is an, a performance by Zoe Deutsch um, who plays Infinity Jackson. That is um, I don't know her and I need to know more about her. And and I, you haven't seen the show, which is fine. So I'll, I'll keep it brief. But she's it's very much along the line of this. Um, What was that Patricia Arquette? Um, thing that just she just won an Emmy for it was basically like the mom was like poisoning the daughter. Oh, the act, the act. It's almost the exact same plot line. Okay. Um, and and she's so she's playing a girl that's sick that doesn't know she's sick. Um, kind of a spoiler. Sorry, everyone. Okay. Um, you find out fairly fairly early in 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 the season two. Um, but she is a really really great actress, and she she reminds me like a, of a young Rose Byrne. Um, and I feel like she has a lot of, she can be really funny and she can like really deliver when she has to, especially crying scenes. She's exceptionally good in this show. And, um, I would say watch it, but you don't have to, because it's, it's, uh, I, I I think that if you watch the first couple episodes just to kind of see her and watch her and then you don't have to finish it. If you feel compelled to, I think I'm going to stop, but, um, I really, really like her and I, I should click to see if there's more stuff but i i don't know if there's anything that i've seen her in before this yeah okay yeah i mean i telling the idea that someone's good at crying i'm sold i'll at least watch an episode yeah yes uh, uh she's really great and i want to see i there was a video on youtube of jessica lang it was like a vogue feature of jessica lang talking about her career over the years it was like a 20 Ooh. minute thing oh you'd love it oh yeah i would love that it's yes. great it's great um and you know it's it is so spot on at some point i think when she's talking about maybe like the postman always rings twice um with jack nicholson she gives like the classic actors um story of like oh jack he's just 
he's so generous as an actor. It's like, oh God, Jessica, like, yeah, you know, it's just like, I'm such... like, did you fuck him or not? Just yeah, right, right. Enough of this generous <laughs> stuff. Like, it's know, just yeah. every actor interview is always talking about how generous their co-stars are. Um, yeah, but it's uh, despite that, she seems great, and she has some great. Fe- she actually fitting for this podcast. She kind of what it, some one of the things she says at the end about like awards and how like. You know, it just doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I, I appreciated it. I thought it was really interesting. Um, yeah, she's great. We'll get to her eventually for Tootsie. I'm we excited. will. We will. Yeah. I just saw Tootsie on Broadway because my family came to visit. Oh, so I saw the What's musical the review. Uh, you, not my BSA of the week. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Did you it see was, Santino Fontana or did you? No, see it was else? the understudy. But okay, he was actually sure he great. Was great. Yeah. yeah, he was great. It, it's not okay. It's not a bad show at all. It's um, totally crowd pleasing. Mm-hmm. It's a great show if, like, your family's visiting and they're not, like, big musical theater people um, because it's more of, like, a comedy with music, you know? Yeah, okay. Um, it's a good book. You know, it's good. There's some. There's a great supporting actress role. Um, sure. I loved it. Like, I, uh, I loved it. I don't want to say I loved it. I liked it quite a bit, and I don't remember any of it. Okay. I yeah. love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really good review. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, because we've all felt that before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this, I, I was almost going to nominate, you know, and in this, and almost have a, you know, in the spirit of a tie, you know. Um, yeah. But I guess I'm just taking this this final few minutes of the podcast to mention and get your thoughts because I'm only a few episodes into Unbelievable, and which is the Netflix show with uh, Tony Collette, Merritt Weaver, okay. Elizabeth Marvel. Um, I am. Have you seen any of it so far? No, and I think. Where who was I talking to? It was it Amanda? I think it was Amanda. I think yeah, yes, because um yeah, because I think you know anything with Tony, we're gonna be watching. But oh yeah, the first Keanu and I turned it on, and I don't think we were like in the mood for that uh, sort of tone of TV show. It was like in the afternoon on a Saturday, and we wanted something like Bob's Burgers, but we turned on like that instead. (laughs) Unbelievable! This is a lot. Um, So. Uh, but I heard once you get, or at least what Amanda said, or, um, is that once you get past the first or second episode, yes, you, you, Tony Collette comes in, and uh, who else is in it? Someone else? Uh, Merritt Weaver, who was in Merritt Nurse Weaver, Jackie. That's right. Did yes, you watch Nurse Jackie? If we talked no, about this? No, I know, I know, I didn't. Oh, uh, that put that on your list. It's so okay. good. It's it's on Netflix. It's so good. And Merritt Weaver, she won an Emmy for Nurse for Nurse Jackie, like a Best Supporting Emmy. So, um, I was like excited to see her in this. She is. There's something about her that I'm loving. Like Merritt Weaver. Merritt Weaver. I'm okay. almost more excited by her than I am Tony Collette right now. Interesting. There's so and so the first episode's a slog. The second episode focuses on Merritt Weaver, so it's worth it for her. And then okay. Tony Collette comes in at the tail end, and then it's the, the two of them by the third episode. So um if you can get I mean, in some ways it's like watch a recap of the first episode it's just a slog yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it seems yeah. like it even yeah. i think we gave it a good like 20 minutes maybe 15 20 minutes too and it's it's not yeah i, I think we just wanted something else yeah we were craving something else that day um, um all right but it's it's all it's women writers women director women acting it's just all women it's great which in that love. respect which we yeah. love that's what we're here for uh i think that's the music i think we are being cut ending yeah um, so I guess we'll wrap things up. I mean, where can people find us? Yeah, so um, I finally remembered and logged into the email address and what that is. It is the BSA pod 
Um, so, and it's very similar to our Twitter handle, which is just BSAPod, but we're just adding, the, you know, the word the. So the BSAPod at gmail.com. If you have thoughts on anything that we've discussed so far, on Ruth Gordon, on Rita, um, on anyone you're particularly looking forward to, or just chime in, really, um, send us an email. And you can also follow us on Twitter, like I said, uh, at BSAPod. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you can also, if you want even more of me on Twitter or more of, I mean, we, we are everywhere these days. Podcasts, we are. Twitter, everywhere. Because um, you can also find me on In the Details, A Celebration of Nuance, or, of course, All Right, Mary. Um, and, of course, on Twitter at Colin Drucker or Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. Excellent. And you can also listen to me on the Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour, now a bi-weekly podcast. That's right. Um, and also my other podcast, No Good, Very Bad Gay, which is nearing the end of season two with all my divas. I um, I don't know what the future holds for that. I might be going on a hiatus. I might be doing some more divas, a, n- a new clever spin on it. Um, and you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Cochanov. Wonderful. Well, um, we want to thank Ruth Gordon. We want to thank... Yes. Mia Farrow. Mia Farrow. Thank that phone booth. <laughs> thank that phone booth. Um, uh, we're not thanking Roman Polanski. We are not. Um, uh, thank you. Thank you. And um, and good night. <laughs> yeah. That was really good. <laughs>